All right, welcome back to the program. I'm your host, Jamie Jackson, and this is Bible Vibes. So today I want to start a brand new series in the book of Hebrews. We're going to start in chapter one, and we're going to slowly progress through the entire book. This is going to be a long, long teaching. And when I mean long, that's exactly what I mean. So let's go ahead and get right into it. God, after he spoke long ago to the fathers and the prophets in many portions and in many ways, he in these last days has spoken to us in his son, whom he appointed the heir of all things through whom he also made the world. Now, if any of you know me, which most of you probably don't, I like going sentence by sentence or statement by statement. And oftentimes I like to stop and just kind of look at a certain thought in the scripture. And so in the first couple of verses, uh, we see that he spoke long ago to the fathers and the prophets. This is speaking of the Old Testament prophets, major prophets, minor prophets, so on. Um, For me, I haven't seen where the apostolic ministry has stopped, where the prophets have stopped, the evangelists, the pastors or the teachers. And this is a verse that many people go to and they say, oh, well, in the book of Hebrews, it says in the last in these last days, he has spoken to us through his son, whom he appointed heir of all things. Now, in the grand scheme of things, the Holy Spirit speaks to us. If he didn't speak, we wouldn't be saved. He reveals the gospel to us in order that we would be saved. Now, for topical purposes, I'm not going to sit here and drive this home. But there's a lot of people that have some issues with what we call the fivefold ministry. And I understand the reasoning behind that. You have certain people in certain circles that supposedly do crazy things uh roaring like lions or just you know running up and down the aisles which to me really really isn't that big of a deal to be honest with you when you look at the old testament prophets uh one cat laid on his back or on his side for like a number of years butt naked and so if i go to a church where somebody is doing that yeah it's going to be questionable but at the end of the day somebody going around just roaring like a lion perfect i can deal with that um you know it just depends on your whole perspective of what you read either you believe the entire bible is true every single word from start to finish every dot every tittle or you don't and for me like as i read and have read numerous times the new testament as well as the old i haven't seen where any of those gifts have stopped Uh, where any of the callings or the offices have stopped as a matter of fact most churches acknowledge three out of the fivefold ministries uh, the evangelist the pastor and the teacher but they neglect the prophet and the apostle now in one way i can kind of see why they do in another way i don't understand why they do because like i said when you read and you continuously read and you study and you dig and you go through the word, you begin to realize that none of those things have stopped. And so when it comes to the very first couple of verses in Hebrews chapter one, the big statement here is that Jesus speaks to us in the past. What he did is he spoke to us through the prophets to the fathers or the forefathers. 
Okay. But in these last days, he speaks to us through his son. Okay. Well, Jesus said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. And then he also said, I must go and then I'll leave the comforter for you. Okay. Jesus was a physical man because Jesus was a physical man. He had to leave. He, he was appointed. It's appointed to every man to die one time. Right. And he did that for us on our behalf. But he said, when I leave and I must leave, it'll actually be better for you because I'm going to send the comforter. He's going to lead you and guide you and teach you. And as we go through Hebrews, we're going to see that the Holy Spirit continually speaks to us as individuals. Okay. So let's keep going. We're going to start up in Hebrews 1, 3, where we left off. And he, Jesus, is the radiance of his glory and the exact representation of his nature. And he upholds all things by the word of his power. When he made purification of sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become so much better than the angels to the extent that he has inherited a more excellent name than they. Okay, we're getting ready to get into some really meaty stuff here. Because what's happening is is the author of Hebrews is expressing Jesus is higher than angels. And as we go through this, I'm going to stop. We're going to talk about a number of different things because I want to teach the book of Hebrews in a in maybe a different light than what you're used to. Um there's a whole lot that goes into this. So we know that he made purification for sins and then he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Okay. But when you go back, it says he is the exact representation of his nature. Whose nature? The father. Okay. So he is the exact representation of his nature and upholds all things by the word of his power. God, that's so good. So good. All right, let's jump back down to verse five for to which of the angels did he ever say you are my son today i have fathered you and again i will be a father to him and he will be a son to me and when he again brings the firstborn into the world he says and let all the angels of god worship him and regarding the angels he says he makes his angels winds and his ministers a flame of fire but regarding the son, he says, your throne, God, is forever and ever. And the scepter of righteousness is the scepter of his kingdom. And you have loved righteousness and hated lawlessness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of joy above your companions. Now, that's an interesting statement right there. Companions. In essence, we're talking about the deity of Jesus. And the fact that Jesus is a son to the father, but more so than that, when he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, he actually is becoming or has become higher than the angels because angels pretty much, uh, they just deliver their delivery boys for God. Right. And that's how you got to kind of look at it. But when he says companions, companions is a little bit different uh he's not necessarily speaking of angels okay he's actually giving us a little a mystery okay and it's a mystery for most people in christianity the fact that god has a council okay and i'm gonna get really deep into this 
we're going to study the tabernacle. We're going to study some of the law. We're going to and and hopefully all of these things just give us a better understanding of what it is we're actually reading. OK, so verse 10 and you, Lord, in the beginning, laid the foundation of the earth and the heavens are the works of your hands. They will perish, but you remain and they will all wear out like a garment and like a robe. You will roll them up and like a garment, they will also be changed. But you are the same and your years will not come to an end. But to which of the angels has he ever said, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet? Verse 14. Are they not all ministering spirits sent out to provide service for the sake of those who will inherit salvation? Okay, so right here we get a little description of angels. He says, angels are ministering spirits if you read the king james it says are they not all ministering angels sent out to provide service so angels and spirits provide service for the sake of who those who will inherit salvation okay here's a big 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 deal okay and, and really it's it's really big because we got to go all the way back to genesis and in Genesis, we have a number of different things. We're just starting chapter one, verse one. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. OK, so God created the heavens first and then he created the earth. Right now, when we get into this whole ideology, we have to look at the whole thing from ancient Mesopotamian culture, meaning we have to look at it outside of our technology out of our philosophy, out of our science, our mathematics, we have to look at it past all of that and get it back down to the basis and basics of humanity. Okay. So in the beginning, God created the heavens first and then he created the earth. All right. And the earth was formless and desolate. Emptiness and darkness was over the surface of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. And then God said, let there be light and light was okay now all of this is going to go down we're going to jump down to verse uh, 26 in genesis 1 and then god said let us make mankind in our image according to our likeness and let them rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every crawling thing that crawls on the earth so god created man in his own image in the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them and then God blessed them. When we look at this, most people are going to tell you and most commentaries are going to tell you that that little plural phrase there, let us make man. OK, let us meaning that there is more than one because it's a plural statement. Most people are going to say, oh, well, that's the father, that's the son and that's the Holy Spirit. In essence and you are partially correct in believing that but the reality is there is actually more going on here in this one statement than the father the son and the holy spirit now i'm gonna try to break this down the best that i can okay so god said let us make man in our image all right but then when you get to 27 he says so god created man in his own image now, this is interesting because 
originally it was plural let us and then it says then god created okay so what does this have to do with anything well it has quite a bit to do with a lot of things and a lot of people just kind of just read through the bible in random sections and they you know they do their own study their own way and i you know personally i like going through and reading substance i like topical matter right so let us make man in our image and then god made all right now this is going to lead us over to psalm 82 because there's something very important in psalm 82 verse 1 where it says god takes his position in his assembly and he judges in the midst of the gods little g now this is huge most people do not know this this same exact verse is in the book of hebrews okay david writes power empowered by the holy spirit he says god takes his position in his assembly and he judges in the midst of the gods now that is huge because you're gonna say oh what do you mean there's that's that's a bad translation or you know, that's, I don't know, you're probably not reading that right, or, no, it literally says God's with a little g, and we're gonna, we're gonna take a little bit of a trip here, because when we go back, and we start looking at certain things in the Bible, it's only gonna make sense if all of this is actually, uh, in your foresight, like, if you're, if you're actually trying to understand what the word says and how it lines up and all these things all of these things play an important role in our understanding okay and so when we read certain things in psalms god is known as the most high god okay if god jesus the father the son the holy spirit if all of these people these entities or these deities make up that one person that we call God. If David references this entity as the most high God, well, that would definitely mean that there's lower Elohim or lower gods, little case, lowercase, small g gods. Okay. Now I want to go over to Job. We're going to jump over to Job real quick. And like I said, we're still in Hebrews. I'm going to, I'm going to ride this train forever. It seems like, cause I, I've been in Hebrews just forever. Okay. Job chapter one, and we're going to go down and we're going to look at, let's look at verse six. So now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord and Satan came among them. Okay. Here's an interesting thing. Now we have this little three words, sons of of God. Okay, well, who are these sons of God? Verse 7. The Lord said to Satan, From where do you come? And Satan answered the Lord and said, From roaming about on the earth and walking around on it. The Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? For there was no one like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man, fearing God and turning away from evil. Then Satan answered the Lord, Does Job fear God for nothing? Have you not made a fence around him and his house and all that he has and on every side? You have blessed the work of his hands and his possessions 
have increased in the land, but reach out with your hand now and touch all that he has, and he will certainly curse you. And then the Lord said to Satan, Behold, all that he has is yours. It's in your power. Only do not reach out and put your hand on him. So Satan departed from the presence of the Lord. Now, here's what's interesting. Satan was allowed to be in the presence of God. Well, why was he allowed? Because originally, Lucifer, before he fell and became Satan, he was actually part of the sons of God. Now, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came along with them. And all of this is is really intriguing. It makes your mind kind of just wander and, well, what is he really saying here? And, and how is it that Satan can actually be in the presence of God? Well, God has a little thing called a council. The council of God consists of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. It consists of sons of God. God has established a government and he has his own uh, position in heaven. And he has a he has all of these things. Where do you think that we draw legislature from or Senate or, you know, the way that government is run or any of these things? Like all of these things come from God and it's always been this way. So when we go, I'm gonna, let me go back over here. I want to go back over here to Hebrews. Uh, and I want, I kind of want to drive this point for a minute. Um, Jesus is our high priest and we know that, uh, there's, there's so much over here in Hebrews, but I want to look at the chapter nine for one second. Okay. So let's go to chapter nine, verse one. Now, even the first covenant had regulations for divine worship in the earthly sanctuary. Remember the earthly sanctuary. Okay. This was a place. Moses went up on Sinai and he met God and God gave him the tablets and then he came down and there was a whole bunch of stuff going on and then Moses went back up and he actually went to heaven. God took him to heaven and showed him the tabernacle that God had in heaven and he said, Moses, I want you to build it exactly like what you see right here. Okay, I'm going to give you all the dimensions. I'm going to lay the blueprint out for you and I need you to build it exactly the way that I tell you. Okay. Hebrews 9 verse 2, for a tabernacle was equipped, the outer sanctuary in which there was a lampstand, the table of the sacred bread, and this is called the holy place. Behind the second veil, there was a tabernacle, which is called the most holy place, having a golden altar and incense and the Ark of the Covenant covered on all sides with gold, in which was a golden jar holding the manna, Aaron's staff which budded, the tablets in the covenant, and above it were cherubim of glory, overshadowing the atoning cover, but all of these things and about all of these things, we cannot speak in detail. Verse six, <laughs> verse six. Now, when these things have been so prepared, the priests are continually entering the outer tabernacle, performing divine worship. But in the second, only the high priest enters once a year, not without taking the blood, which he offers for himself for the sins of the people committed in ignorance. But the Holy Spirit is signifying this, that the way into the holy place has not yet been disclosed while the outer tabernacle is still standing, which is a symbol 
for the present time. Accordingly, both gifts and sacrifices are offered, which cannot make the worshiper perfect and conscious, since they relate only to food, drinks, various washings, regulations for the body imposed until a time of reformation. But when Christ appeared as high priest of the good things having come, he entered through the greater and more perfect tabernacle that was not made with hands that is not of this creation and not through the blood of goats or calves but through his own blood he entered the holy place once for all time having obtained eternal redemption now jesus entered into his rightful place into the tabernacle that god has established in heaven which is God's dwelling place is in heaven and God has always wanted to establish a place on earth that he could dwell among men. Okay. Now we need to go back to Acts chapter seven because there's some interesting things that Stephen says when Stephen is pretty much preaching his last first and last message. Stephen is like that guy, in my opinion. Um, He just lays it out there for everybody and he absolutely holds nothing back. And so I want to go back to him real quick and I just want to, I'm going to skip over a good portion of the first part. Let's go down to Acts chapter seven and we are going to start out in, mm, let's go down to like 21. So And after he had been put outside, Pharaoh's daughter took him away and nurtured him as her own son. And Moses was educated in all the wisdom of the Egyptians. And he was proficient in speaking and action. But when he was approaching the age of 40, it entered into his mind to visit his countrymen, the sons of Israel. Okay, this is going back to Exodus 24. And when he saw one of them being treated unjustly, he defended and took vengeance for them and for the oppressed man by fatally striking the Egyptian and thought that his brothers understood that God was granting them deliverance through him, but they didn't understand at all. 26. And on the following day, he appeared to them as they were fighting each other, and he tried to reconcile them to peace. This is so crazy. Moses straight kills an Egyptian, and he's like, yo, don't y'all understand? And then he turns around, and he sees something going on the next day, and he tries to go over there and promote peace. Well, look, you can either promote murder or you can promote peace. You can't really promote both. You know what I'm saying? Your mouth needs to line up with your feet. Anyways, different day, different subject. So 26 and on the following day, he appeared to them as they were fighting each other. And he tried to reconcile them to peace by saying, men, you are brothers. Why are you injuring each other? But the one who was injuring his neighbor pushed him away, saying, who made you a ruler and a judge over us? You did not intend to kill me as you killed the Egyptian yesterday, did you? At this remark, Moses fled and became a stranger in the land of Midian, where he fathered two sons. After 40 years had passed, an angel appeared to him in the wilderness on Mount Sinai in the flame of a burning bush. When Moses saw it, he was astonished at the sight, and as he approached to look at it more closely, the voice of the Lord came, saying, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and Jacob. And Moses shook with fear, and he did not dare to look closely. But the Lord said to him, remove your sandals from your feet for this place in which you stand is holy ground. And I have certainly seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their groaning. I've come down to rescue them. And now come, I will send you to Egypt. Moses is probably freaking out at this point. 
he's probably like, oh no, this is this is not what I signed up for. I was just trying to promote a little peace and get away with some murder. And he meets God, right? In a, bur- in, a in a burning bush. Verse 35. So this Moses who they disowned saying, who are you, a ruler and a judge, is the one that God sent to be both ruler and a deliverer. Here we go. With the help of the angel who appeared to him in the thorn bush. Okay. The angel that appeared to him in the thorn bush, we know is Jesus because he is the angel of the Lord. Now, in the Old Testament, when we see angel of the Lord, normally it should be capitalized in your Bible. A lot of times it is not. The angel of the Lord is Jesus. And we know this because after Jesus dies and he resurrects, we no longer see angel of the Lord anymore because Jesus in the Old Testament would come in the form of what humanity would he would come in the form of what humanity would be able to comprehend him. And so he would actually be in human form and they just call him an angel. So here we go. 38. This man led them out performing wonders, signs in the land of Egypt and the Red Sea and in the wilderness for 40 years. This is the Moses who said to the sons of Israel, God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your countrymen. This is the one who was in the assembly uh oh uh oh he was in the assembly in the wilderness together with the angel who spoke to him at length on mount sinai and who was with our fathers okay i gotta pause right here this goes back to psalm 82 all right psalm 82 tells us that god stands in the midst of his congregation or in the midst of the assembly and he judges among the gods, little G's, little gods. Okay. In Acts chapter seven, verse 38, Stephen says, this is the one who was in the assembly in the wilderness together with the angel who spoke to him at length on Mount Sinai. Wow. So many connections here. We're just going to keep going though. Okay. He received living words to pass on to you. Verse 39, our fathers were unwilling to be obedient to him. On the contrary, they rejected him and turned him back and turned back to Egypt in their hearts, saying, Aaron, make us a God who will go before us. Make us a God who will go before us. For this Moses who led us out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what happened to him. At that time, they made a calf and they brought a sacrifice to the idol and were rejoicing in the works of their hands. But God turned away and gave them over to the serve the heavenly lights. As it is written in the book of prophets, you did not offer me victims and sacrifices for 40 years in the wilderness. Did you house of Israel? You also took along. Here we go. The tabernacle of Moloch and the star of your God, Ramphah. Moloch has his own tabernacle. The star of your God, Ramphah. Now, the images which you made to worship, I also would deport you back to Babylon or beyond Babylon. Our fathers had the tabernacle of testimony in the wilderness, just as he spoke to Moses and directed him to make it according to the pattern which he had seen. Moses is on Sinai. He's in the tabernacle. He's looking around. He's with Jesus. He is getting all these downloads, all this information, 
and right here in 44, Stephen knows this. A lot of people in the Old Testament knew this, but there were some people that were really brilliant in their understanding of the word. And Stephen, even though this was the only message recorded that he preached, he understood God's counsel. Our fathers had the tabernacle of testimony in the wilderness, just as he who spoke to Moses directed him to make it according to the pattern which he had seen. Oof, man. There's so much, so much good information in the Bible if you're actually looking for it. There's a lot of mystery to the Bible. There's a lot of hidden things in the Bible. <clears throat> I'm going to come back to the sons of God and a more in-depth teaching. Uh, we'll probably do that in our next session. But I want to go back to Hebrews because we're in Hebrews chapter one. Okay. God's final word is his son. The angels are not as high as Jesus. Jesus is above the angels. Jesus is above the little gods. Jesus is God. He is that guy. He is the most high God. Angels are only here to provide service for the sake of those who will inherit salvation. Hallelujah. Angels are here to serve us. They are here to minister to us. God himself is on his throne. Jesus is at his right hand. The Holy Spirit lives in us. We are the tabernacle of God. He dwells in us. Because Holy Spirit dwells in us, we can call on angels to minister service for us on our behalf. As long as what we ask for, we ask in faith, by faith, through faith, and as long as it lines up with God's purpose, his love, and his will. Angels are here to serve us. We're here to serve others and God. What a, what a wonderful way to open up a book to just show the difference between Jesus as God above angels. <laughs> Just absolutely amazing. I'm going to roll over into chapter two real quick. For this reason, we must pay much closer attention to what we have heard so that we do not drift away from it. For if the word spoken through angels proved unalterable and every violation and act of disobedience received a just punishment, how will we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? After it was first spoken through the Lord, it was confirmed to us by those who heard God also testifying with them, both by signs and wonders and by various miracles and by gifts of the Holy Spirit, according to his own will. Ooh. Pay attention. We must pay closer attention to what we have heard so that we do not drift away from it. The book of Hebrews is a serious breakdown of imagery from the Old Testament. More than that, it's also a book of warnings that we as Christians need to have boundaries. We do not live by the law, but the laws are put in place 
as bumper guards on a bowling alley that we stay on the straight and narrow. Anytime we get outside of God's word, we're in dangerous territory. For this reason, we must pay much closer attention to what we have heard so that we do not drift away from it. Now, here's the interesting thing. If you were in a boat, just a little boat, and you started off at the dock, and the wind picked up, and you just pushed out, and you had a little sail, drifting means that you actually somewhat lose control and you just have to go wherever the wind takes you. And if you go the wrong direction, then drifting happens because the Lord will allow you to drift out into the open sea all by yourself in all of your own mess. And and that's a scary place to be. That's why the author of Hebrews says we need to pay attention. God, we need to pay close attention to what we have heard i have to pay so much attention to what i have heard i have to give god plenty of time throughout my day and just sit there even if it's just sitting not saying anything but just offering time and prayer and study and all of the christian disciplines what a great book we have in hebrews i appreciate you guys just tuning in thanks for sharing the broadcast hit the like button if you would share it on any platform you want i'm gonna start recording these every day well every day but every other day or so and just we're gonna travel as as a group of christian believers and just fill our ears and our minds and our our entire being with the word of God and teaching and and just learning and growing together. And so I just want to finish off today, uh, finish this podcast off with a with a, with a prayer. So, Heavenly Father, we, we thank you for the time and the opportunity that you've given us, Lord. I pray that anyone that listens to this has learned something that has drawn them closer to you, Lord. I also pray and I ask that uh, you would just continue to do a mighty work in each and every one of us. Release grace into our lives. Release love into our lives, Lord. And just uh, just be with us. Lead us. Guide us. Fill us up with the Holy Spirit, Lord. And we thank you for everything that you've done and continue to do. In Jesus' name, amen.